The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, on this day we thank you for your word and for the way you refresh us as you wipe out our sins so that we are empowered to share your love as you give us opportunity with those who are yet to hear, for those who are yet to believe, that they too may know that although they are sinners, you paid for their sins, that they might live with hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Some of you might remember a man by the name of Chuck Colson. Chuck Colson is a man who grew up in a home that was affected because of the Depression, having very little. And because he had very little, he was determined to be a man of position, power, influence. As a result, he accomplished this when he became the White House Counsel for President Richard Nixon. He was known as President Richard Nixon's hatchet man when he was on trial for his part in the Watergate cover-up. Now, although his conviction could have devastated him, it actually became a blessing. Because he had been a self-conscious, self-determined man, believing that he could basically do anything that he wanted to do without consequences. But when he was convicted, God led a Christian to share with him the message of God's word. How Jesus Christ had indeed come to die for his sins, but how he was also responsible to pay the consequences for the wrong he had done and helping with that cover-up. So he was sentenced to federal prison camp. Having repented in Jesus, having repented of his sins, believing in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he believed that it was important for him to serve out that conviction. And having believed in Jesus Christ, he had joy in having been one who repented. He was a man who then began to talk with fellow prisoners about Jesus. And after he left prison, he made it his ministry to develop the largest family of prison ministries in the world, known as Prison Fellowship. Chuck Colson understood how important it is for those of us who are convicted of our sins to live in the joy of ones who are forgiven and the privilege we have to share that good news of Jesus Christ. Now, before we take a look at our first lesson, I want you to know the context for our reading this morning that we heard from Acts chapter 3. You see, Peter had preached a sermon earlier. 
You might remember that sermon, and that was a Pentecost sermon. But what happened before Pentecost? We're in the third third Sunday of Easter. We know Jesus was, of course, put to death on the cross. He was raised from the dead, and we celebrated that on Easter. After Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to his disciples for 40 days. On the 40th day, he ascended into heaven. He told his disciples to go and preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching, and then wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Ten days later, Holy Spirit came, and that was Pentecost. That is when Peter preached his first sermon. And that day, the Lord added to the Christian church over 3,000 people. The Christian church exploded. The next thing we know, at the end of chapter 2 of Acts, the Christian church gathered together around God's word for prayer, for fellowship. And then we find our text, chapter 3. What you don't have right before our text of our reading for today is what happened. You see, what happened is that Peter and John were going to the temple to pray at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That was one of the times that was given to pray. And as they were walking in, they saw a man who was crippled from birth, a man who would have to beg for people to give him money so he was able to live. So Peter and John look at him and they say to him, and he's saying, and they say to him, look at us. And he looks at them thinking that they will then give him some money. But Peter says to them, silver or gold we do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, walk Gave him a hand. The man's able to get up on his feet. And he began to jump and praise the Lord. And everybody was amazed because they knew that this is a guy who had been begging outside. And now he's in the temple courts and he's praising the Lord. A miracle had, of course, happened. So when you read in the first verse, it says a man was hanging on to Peter and John. It's this guy. God had transformed him. God had changed his life. Now, it's significant that you know this was Peter's second sermon. And it has very similar content to the first sermon. It was in three parts. You'll notice that first Peter addresses the Jewish believers who had gathered together because something amazing had happened. At Pentecost, you had the sound of the roaring of the Holy Spirit coming. And then you had the people, the disciples, being able to speak in tongues with tongues of fire on their, will look like tongues of fire on their heads. And they spoke in languages the people did not know. And then Peter gave them the sermon. Very similar. People gathered together. God the Father has done something amazing. God the Father sent Jesus to be our Savior. God the Father is here with us because God the Father is the one who put Jesus to death. And you put him to death. But it is not just that he was put to death. God raised him from the dead. And because God raised him from the dead, 
you and I need to repent. Repentance. He points out to them, you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. Peter wanted his listeners to know that he and John had in fact seen the risen Lord. It was amazing because Peter wanted his listeners to know that although they did not know what really Jesus had done, because they had acted in ignorance, as did their rulers. God foretold through the prophets, he says, that Jesus the Christ would suffer. In other words, now that you know why Jesus came, now that you know that he suffered and died for you, there's one thing you need to do, and that is, and there's the man being healed. The next thing you need to know is they said, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may ultimately come. Isn't that an important message for us today? We know what it means to be forgiven. We know what it means to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because he has given us this precious gift of faith. And God cares about us. And he also cares about other people. He cares about the people who are yet to hear and yet to believe. Now, there's many different ways that we have to be able to witness to people as we join Jesus on this mission that he is doing in people's lives. As the Holy Spirit is working with us to share with them the good news. For some people, they need to hear of the importance of them to repent of their sins. Because without repentance, what is the purpose of Jesus having died and risen from the dead? He died for them that they too might be forgiven. <coughs> Repentance and forgiveness of sins are important concepts for all of us to hear and to remember. When Jesus appeared to his disciples, as we heard in our gospel reading for today, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. This message is just as relevant for us today as it was when Jesus was walking on the earth after he rose from the dead. Because there are people today who are struggling. People today who need to repent of their sin and their guilt, including us at times. That's why we confess our sins at the beginning of our worship services. That's why we need to hear that we are forgiven of our sins, because God wants most of all for us to have a time of refreshment. Isn't it refreshing to hear your sins are forgiven? Isn't it refreshing to know that you and I as sinful human beings are forgiven. How many times do you sin? How many times do you have to say, I'm sorry? And you say, why do I have to do this again? Why did I do this again? Maybe I promised that I would go and visit somebody. 
but I didn't write it down on my calendar. And that person told me about it, because that just happened recently. And it's very annoying, it's very frustrating when I have to say I'm sorry, because I didn't write it on my calendar after I promised. Do you ever have problems like that? Do you ever have challenges like that in your life? When we confess and say we're sorry, people forgive. Why? Because we are forgiven. And that's where those times of refreshment come from the presence of the Lord because our Lord sees our need and he knows that we need to be forgiven. And that's why this morning we have the privilege of being refreshed by our Lord, not just hearing the words that we're forgiven, but receiving from Jesus Christ himself his body, his blood that was shed on the cross to pay for our sins. We are refreshed as we come forward and our Lord and Savior feeds us and forgives us. And we leave here refreshed. And then it doesn't take long before we sin again, before we mess up. And the devil and the world and our sinful flesh will attack us once again. And we need to remember we are forgiven because our Lord and Savior promises to give us that forgiveness in his grace and love. The Apostle Peter foretold the day when Jesus would come back and everything will ultimately be restored. That was an important message for them. It's an important message for us today. Because people who are lost in their sins need to hear that there's hope for them just as there's hope for us. We need to repent as they need to repent and we are forgiven. Now, how do we live out our lives is important. There's a story that was told many years ago about two brothers who were convicted of stealing sheep. And as they were convicted of stealing sheep, in those days, they did a very cruel punishment on them. They branded on their forehead the letters ST for sheep thief. One of the brothers tried to escape the punishment. And as he tried to run away from country to country, people would ask him, why are those letters on your forehead? Everywhere he went, people asked. So he continued to move from country to country, filled with fear, wandering about with bitterness, and eventually he died. The other brother made a decision not to leave the town. He told himself, I can't run away from the fact that I stole the sheep. So I will stay here and I will try to win back the respect of my neighbors. As the years passed, he developed a good reputation and he was seen as a man of integrity. One day a visitor arrived in town and saw the old man with the letters ST on his forehead. And he asked someone what they signified. After thinking for a while, the villager said, that was a long time ago. And I may have forgotten the particulars, but I think the letters are an abbreviation for saint. Amen.